trying and fail when you're trying and sore and scarred from the work you've begun. Take up your cross, run quickly to meet him. He'll understand, he'll say, well done. Oh, when I come to the end of my journey, weary of life and the battle is won. Carry the staff and the cross of redemption. He'll understand and say, Amen. Thank the Lord today for a wonderful Sunday school hour already. We're thanking the Lord for His goodness and His grace. And I thank God for His mercy. You know, today as we bring a portion of God's Word, I'd like to have you to turn your Bibles to the book of Revelation, chapter 20 to begin with. While you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just a side of Greenham County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We're thankful that you've taken time today also to tune in to WGOH, your portion of God's Word. Now I want you to know something today. And I believe this with all of my heart. Whether you're in this house or whether you're out in radio land or sermon audio, wherever it is that you're going to hear today's sermon, God knows exactly who was going to be in this house, who was going to hear this word. I spoke this morning out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Dealing with the subject of love. God has in His Word the subject of love for a very distinct reason. And I believe one of the greatest reasons is that fallen humanity may understand the love that God has for those whom He sent His Son to die for. Now there's no doubt in my mind that as fallen sinners, there's not a one of us that deserved that outpouring of love. There's none of us that have earned the right to be loved by the God of heaven so much that He would send His only Son to die for us on the cross of Calvary. Not a one of us deserved that kind of love. We don't even deserve His mercy nor His grace. The reason why today that I bring such a message as I'm about to bring is because, it's because of love. I was talking to somebody the other day, well, I was in the hospital, and I thought of how to bring the subject up. And I began to speak to this individual about if I knew that you were heading down a, a road that was leading to certain death, I said to this individual, I said, I wouldn't be much of a man if I didn't give you a warning. And I wouldn't be much of a pastor if I didn't share the love of God, but also the understanding that if you continue on the path that you're going down, you're going to fall into great destruction. As I said, God knows every person that is going to be in this house this morning. He knows the, the saved and He knows the unsaved. 
And I believe that in his book is found something for the unsaved that you need to get a hold of. And if you're here today and you don't know the Lord is your Savior, if you're here today and you're pretending to be saved, but you know deep down in your heart that there is no real salvation inside, I plead with you at this very moment to listen to the message for the next 35 or 40 minutes. I have brought forth messages such as this in the last little bit because of knowing the day and the hour in which we now live. All you have to do is look at the signs of the times of what God's Word says the second coming shall be and understand that second coming is not speaking of our rapture. It's actually speaking seven years past our rapture, the, the born again's calling out. And so the signs of the time, as I said, I believe it was last Sunday, are prevalent and evident in the lives of each and every one of us. We know exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about the end of the age as we know it. The Bible says there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be earthquakes in diverse places. There's going to be a putrefying stench of pestilence. And what do we see in this world today? We see pestilences, talking of diseases that are running rampant all over this world and more and more diseases are popping up every day. Monkeypox is one of the latest things that, are, that, that, that people are dying with today. All because of a filthy sin. But we look at these things that we call pestilences and, and the Bible, that's what the Bible calls them. We call them just diseases or sicknesses of some sort and we kind of wave it off as just a, a natural occurrence. But the Bible says in the end of the days, pestilences are going to really ramp up and that's what we see in this world in which we now live. Diseases such as Ebola and other other diseases that once were eradicated from the earth are now making their comeback and people are dying. I'm warning you today, the time is swiftly coming to an end. Today as we sit in this house of God and we are gathered here for the, for the sake of worship, it is also a time when there must be sent forth another warning Flee from the wrath to come. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 20 beginning at verse 6, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of, and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. This, of course, is speaking of the millennial kingdom, the millennial reign of Jesus Christ and His saints. A time that is yet coming forth. A time that is at its beginning is at the very least seven years from this very moment. But I want you to think about where you're going to be in seven years. Where you're going to be in seven months. Where are you going to be in seven days? Where are you going to be in seven hours? Where are you going to be in the next seven minutes, the next seven seconds of life? What if, for some unknown reason, other than what is known of God, your body should expire? It happens all the time. It happens, as a matter of fact, it happens daily, on a daily basis, and it is, it, it is ramping up even now as we speak. Men, uh, doctors are perplexed on the, 
on the death rate of, of people that are young and that are seemingly vibrant in life and health. And all of a sudden their hearts just stop, their lungs just quit, things happen. The Bible says we're dealing with the end of time as we know it. We're dealing with the end of the day of grace. The Bible gives us an open view of what's going to happen. You know, here the scriptures say in verse 7, And when the thousand years are expired, when that thousand year millennial reign has come to its full conclusion, God's word says the devil, Satan himself, is going to be released now look at this in verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. You say, man, that's a long way down the road, isn't it? A thousand years. You're surely not going to live a thousand years in this physical life right now, are you? I mean, Methuselah was one of the oldest human beings that ever lived, and he never made it to a thousand years either, but he was close. But yet, if a thousand years is your goalpost, what happens thereafter? What happens when that thousand years expire and Satan is loosed upon the earth? The Bible goes on to say this, he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Gog and Magog, together them together to battle, the number of whom is the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breath of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about the, the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, if that's where the story ended, it wouldn't be so bad, would it? I mean, if that's where life ceased to exist and you are no more but an afterthought, it wouldn't be so bad. But you see in verse 11, it begins a new, a new reading here that should grab a hold of your attention. If you're here and you don't know the Lord your Savior, please listen to what I have to say because it is a stark warning of what's lying outside the door down the road somewhere. And as I said, I wouldn't be much of a pastor if I didn't warn you of the trouble that's coming. The Bible goes on to say, and I saw the great white throne. And again, I know I just spoke on the great white throne judgment seat of God last week. But I can't get this out of my mind. And can I get this out of my heart? And, 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 and the pain that's in me right now is such that, oh, I can't, I, I look as if I were looking at my own children knowing that they're going into a place that's going to bring sudden destruction. What kind of man would just sit back and watch it happen without giving the warning? Again, the Bible says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. There was found no place for them. You young people, I want you to listen to what this says here because this is the future that lies out ahead of us. This is where the church and the Word of God ought to really mean something to you. Because in the Word of God, and, and if you have a, a, a preacher and a teacher that's truly given you a stark warning of the things to come, you're in the right place this morning. 
Now I want you to know there are churches in this world today that are teaching all kinds of things. And they're patting people on the back and tell them to go out the door. They're going to be all right. Listen, you're not going to be all right if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. This awaits the Christ rejecter. Verse number 12 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to the works. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. They were judged, every man according to his works. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Almost gracious and divine Heavenly Father, dear God, today as we humbly come before your throne, we do so with hearts that are broken. Dear God, we're broken hearted over those who have yet to come. Father, I pray that this might be the hour in which you awake that sinner. You would cause them, dear God, to have the, a, a vision of what your word depicts here. Lord, how that there's coming a day when the second death, when the, the death of all deaths is going to fall upon mankind. It's a day, an hour and a time, seconds just as the soul leaves this old body. Dear God, I pray that you'll cause them to see that their doom is set and it's forever graved In the books according to thy word. Father, I pray that you open the eyes of the individual who's in this house without you. Dear God, give them a vivid reality and a vision of being cast into the lake of fire. Lord, you know the heart of this pastor that stands before this congregation. Lord, you know that even now I'm not about fear tactics or anything else other than thy word and how it ought to invoke a a dread and a fear upon the life of the individual who does not know thee as Savior. But Father, I also pray that you open their eyes to the vision of life everlasting. And how that if they come to the Savior, trusting and believing, Lord, you give them the gift of faith whereby they may be saved. Lord, I pray that you bless our day. Father, I pray that you open the eyes of the blind, you unstop the ears of the deaf. And you will crush the heart of the stone, the stony heart. Lord, bless us today. Forgive us our sin in Christ's name. And amen. Emmanuel, to our radio audience today, what we are about to speak on this Lord's Day is not fiction. It is not made up propaganda spread by the church to keep people relevantly in check or in line with society. You know, that's what a lot of so-called atheists believe today, that church and religion is just another act of humanity trying to keep people in check by fear and unreasonable doubt. That's what many that say they don't believe in God believe what religion really is. But I have something... That's not really what I call religion, but salvation to offer. Again, what we're about to speak on is not propaganda spread by the church. 
But it is a stark warning of a time of utter horror. Even now, you may be thinking, well, it is at the very least a thousand years from this point. Yes, but as we consider the end of the day of grace as we know it, even a thousand and seven years is but a drop in a gray of a grain of sand in an area the size and makeup of God's universe. Why sit you here until you die? Why sit you here until you die and meet this horrible outcome? Why risk all eternity for a fraction of time today? I said in my study this week as I prepared this message in even yesterday morning, I was up around 5 a.m. And, and as I was looking over this message, the pain of, of, of sorrow began to overwhelm me. To think of not just people in the world, but people I love and, and cherish that have not heeded the warning. And what if... This should be the very hour that the Lord should call His people home. What if this should be the very hour that the day of grace in which we now know is over? You say, well, I'll believe then when everybody's gone. No, you won't. As a matter of fact, the Bible says you'll believe a lie and be damned because you've already experienced the day of grace. This day of hope. That's the reason why we're in this house today. Because of the hope of salvation. I believe it is in 1 Peter chapter 1 where the Bible speaks of that lively hope that we have. It is a, a living thing that happens within the redeemed. Those who believe the gospel as the old Philippian jailer did when Paul and Silas came forth and he said unto them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe, and thou shalt be saved. Friend, that's what I'm telling you today. Why? In, in, in my human mind, I look at you as an individual and I say, Why don't you believe? Why don't you believe that all these things are true and real? Why don't you believe that? I believe it's simply put, it's because Satan has blinded the eyes. And Satan has stopped the ears. And if the ears were open, Satan has sent a raven to grasp a hold of the word, lest thou shalt be saved. Think about that. I want to bring a message again. Simply entitled to being cast into the lake of fire. First of all, I want you to notice what it says in Revelation 20 and 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. You who are here this morning surely realize that you're not going to live another thousand years in this physical life that we now know. But if you die a lost sinner, you know this, you will live again. This is a time when the body shall be raised. Not just the soul shall be tormented, but soul and body shall be tormented. You know, in the book of Luke, in chapter 16, in verses 22 down through verse, uh, uh, toward the end of the chapter, you know, we see here where the rich man, the Bible says, lifted up his eyes, being in torment. It wasn't his body that was in torment, it's his soul, because the Bible speaks of that very thing, of that, of that, of the resurrection of the dead. And, I want you to know, if you're not part of that first resurrection, you're going to be part of the second resurrection where the dead, the dead who have died without the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Their bodies are also going to be raised and, and that soul that is in hell being tormented even now and that body and soul is going to be reunited and that body is going to be a body that cannot be destroyed or destructed. For all eternity you're going to be tasting death. You know what the Bible says about death? It is a sting as it says in 1 Corinthians 15. Oh, death, where's thy sting? For the redeemed, the redeemed know not the sting of death as such as the unredeemed do. I ask you today, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Let's go back for just a moment to Luke chapter 16. And I want you to think about this now as we deal with the rich man and Lazarus and Lazarus. You know, I was asked the other day again about, about do people in heaven see what's going on on the earth? You know what? I don't believe it would be heaven if people, if, if they could see what's going on upon this earth. Then I've been told, well, you know what? The redeemed, they're able to see down here the earth and know what they've been saved from. Listen, I know what I've been saved from. A wretched sinner was I. And listen, the Lord saved me. And that'll never be, that'll never be lost upon me. I don't need a vision upon the earth or hell to know that I've been blessed. Listen, I know in whom I believed. And I know I'm blessed because of my salvation and that'll never leave me. But yet I look and I see a man who could see into the very safety of heaven, who could see into the very bosom of Abraham. This young man asked me the other day if I believed that they could, that, that heaven could see the other direction. And I said, no, I don't, because the Bible says in Revelation 21 and 4 that you know, there's not going to be any more death, no sorrow, no crying. All those things are going to be over. You know why? Because they exist no more is what it says in Revelation 21.4. For the former things are all passed away. Listen, child of God, you need to be thankful today because the former things are going to be done away with. We'll remember not the hard times. We'll remember not the sorrowful times. We'll remember not the times when families turned on us. I don't think, you know, I, I hear it all the time about this thing of the, un, the unnatural state of, of, of loved ones who have lost the, the ability to feel affection. I used to think it was only a, a, just a, a, a just a I, just a thing that happened here and there. But listen, the more that I live, the longer I live, the longer the, and the more I see people without natural affection. I'm talking about people that turn on you, that hate you. Listen, the Bible says in the end of days, it's going to be just like that where, where there's going to be no natural affection, no natural affection for son and daughter to their family, to their, to their moms and dads and other, and vice versa. I can't imagine that myself. I can't imagine being in a position where I would turn against my son and my daughter. I can't, I, I just can't see that. But you know what? In this world, it happens all the time. I know today people whose sons uh, have turned against them and have left them without any, without any hope of regard. I don't understand that. I can't see that. But you know, in these last days in which we live, the Bible says that's what's going to happen. That should let you know exactly that you're at the end of the age that we now know the day of grace. And what I'm dealing with right here this morning is a, is a, is a thing that will take place. The Bible says a rich man lift up his eyes being in torment. 
that soul was in torment. That body of that rich man is still out there somewhere. It's nothing but dirt now. But listen, it's going to be raised one day and God's going to make it to where it can never be destroyed again and he will feel the sting of death for all eternity. That body will feel the utter horror of hell for all eternity. So much so that the rich man lifted up his voice and pleaded for a little mercy, but mercy is not found in hell. Grace is not found in hell. And let me tell you something. I think about messages such as this. Messages of stark warning. Messages of the gospel. The love of God in sending His Son to die for you on the cross of Calvary. I think about these things. And listen, you know this. You may never see this physical man of God stand and proclaim the truth again. But my voice, my voice and my demeanor of the gospel will always haunt you in hell. Because there was a man who warned you of the reality to come, but you wouldn't heed it. Secondly, today I want you to notice something else. The company of the fallen which shall be your acquaintances. The Bible speaks about the fact that there's going to be some, some, some entities there that now is only a figment of people's imagination. You're going to see walking around our neighborhoods in the next month, you're going to see these these little ones dressed up and you're going to see some of them dressed up as a devil with a pitchfork. I see it all the time. It's a figment of people's imagination. They, they believe it's a makeup character. Listen, I want you to know something that the Bible speaks of the devil not as a man in a, in a, in a red suit and a pitchfork, but one of the most beautiful creatures that he ever created. But he's the most wicked you talk about total depravity. I believe the devil himself is filled to the brim with depravity. And all of that's going to be unleashed in hell one day. Right now, the Holy Spirit is restraining the works of Satan. The Holy Spirit now restrains the works of the demons of the darkness. But there's coming a day when the Holy Spirit is going to be pulled off the scene along with the church and the redeemed of the Lord. And then all chaos is going to begin to ensue upon this earth. But that's not the end. That's not the end of it. Listen, even that, that is going to be something that's going to be a cakewalk compared to what's going to be known in hell. In hell, there is no hope of heaven. In hell, there's no hope of salvation. In hell, there's no hope of hearing a mother pray again for her child. In hell, the only thing you'll hear of the gospel is the haunting sound of a man of God who brought forth the way of hope, but you refused it time and again. The Bible says that the devil's going to be cast into the lake of fire. Where the beast and the false prophet, A-R-E, are going to be. I go back and I think about those angels, those fallen angels who were, who are chained even now in the very pits and consigned to the, to the horror of hell being chained, waiting for that day of judgment to come. All of that's going to be in hell one day. We look around and we see uh, from time to time these, uh, 
these little uh, booklets are they're some kind of a little uh, and pardon the expression but a, like a cartoon booklet you used to see them in the in the in the tracks all the time in the track racks there was one I can't remember the name of it now there was one run Joe run it was about a man who was given the opportunity to trust the Lord as his Savior. Folks, I want you to know something today. This is not a cartoon. What you're seeing, what I'm preaching today is an actual thing that's going to come to pass. In Revelation 14 or 20. And verse 14 and 15, the Bible says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, and this is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The Bible speaks of in 2 Peter. In 2 Peter in chapter 2, notice what it says here for just a moment in verse 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down into hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Verse 9 says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Verse 17, the Bible here goes on to say, These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever and ever. Do you really know what it's like to be in utter darkness? It's almost so dark that you can feel it. I've told you before about the time that I rushed into a house over here on Route One. There was a great, there was a, there was a big fire going on, and I saw cars there. Me and my brother drove by, and he said, "Man, we got to get see if there's anybody in there." So I went and I went to banging on the door while he went and called the, the fire department. And I was banging on the door, and I couldn't get an answer, so I kicked the doors in. And I began to crawl on the floor because you, the smoke was right there. I mean, it was just right in your face. And as I walked, as I crawled back through that, that, that first door, and I was screaming to the top of my voice, is there anybody here? Is there anybody here? The darkness overwhelmed me at one point. The darkness of the smoke and fire. It's unreal. You think that you're able to see because of the fires. You should be able to see, but you're not. Listen, it's total darkness. And that's how a lot of people die in, in house fires is because they cannot see to get out. And smoke overwhelms them and takes them under. I think about that and I think about the horrors. The horrors of that dark place where Satan, the devil... Where the, where the arch enemy of humanity is going to be there. And all the demons of the world and, and all the demons of the underworld, the fallen angels, the false prophet and the, and the beast are going to be. Listen, these are things that make me wonder, why can't you see? Why do you not see? Could you imagine... The dead who die without the Lord shall see a darkness and an entity which will for all eternity cause a constant dread and fear which will only enhance the horror of that deadly, dreadful place, the place of the second death, a place known in the Word of God as hell. But thirdly, I want you to think about this now. I'm going to come to a close here in just a moment but I can't come to a close without giving you some hope. You see at this first two points of my message, it was, and I agree with you, it's dark. It's a dreadful place to think of. It's a dreadful act 
to understand when death comes to the lost sinner, the second death is only beginning and it's something that will last for all eternity. This thing of death will be there. But church coming a time for the redeemed, listen, as it says in Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know why? Because God is with me. My Savior walks with me. I've been by the bedside of many of the redeemed who have gone on into eternity. And you know what? I have yet to see one struggle to fight. The other, the other instance is not a very pretty picture. That one that I won't even paint in here today. Because we've all known people that have died without ever making a profession of faith and trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. But God has given us something to lean on. God has given His Son to pay our debts. The Bible declares the wages of sin is death and that's what's going to come upon all men but guess what? The second death have no power over the redeemed. We're not just talking about the physical death, but the spiritual death as well. A moment that death is always delivering a sting and fearful dread. Romans 6.23 talks about the wages of sin being death. Jesus Christ paid this very sentence on behalf of all who would come unto him. You know, I go back and, and listen, I, I, again, I think about the hope that Jesus Christ is. I think about the way of life that salvation brings. And listen, if you're not saved today, you need to stop and consider where you're going to spend eternity. And I use the word spend very lightly because... Eternity is something that it, it goes on and on and on. You cannot spend it up. Where are you going to be? Where's your long home? If you don't know the Lord's your Savior, listen, I'll tell you where your long home is today. It'll be in hell if you ever die without the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's where long home is for the unredeemed, for the Christ rejecter. But the Bible says in John chapter 3, Verse 15 and 16, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have ever eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, do you hear me today? Sinner friend, do you hear me today? Listen to what the Bible says. This is the way of hope. He says, trust in him. The Bible says, all those who come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. That's the hope of salvation. That's the hope of life. John chapter 1 and verse 12, the Bible says in verse 11, just, a, just before it, he came to his own, but his own received him not. But verse 12 says, but as many as received him, you today can receive him. Right now, you know why you can receive Him? Because there's still breath in your lungs. You still have a mind to think. You can still receive Him and spare yourself of the wrath to come. The fearful dread is a place called hell. Without, without the light of the, of the God of heaven shining forth. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Do you believe on his name today or has Satan caused you to be in a position where you're not thinking about this. You're not considering the hereafter. You're not thinking about 
the thousand plus years that lie just ahead of us. And what happens at the very end of that when Satan is unleashed? When the dark powers of all hell assail to claim every Christ rejecter that's ever been brought into this world. Romans 4, 7 says, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Will you not today come unto Him? Why set you here until you die? Because today's the day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. John 10, 10 says right there in the middle part of it that He came to give life and that He may give it more abundantly. You haven't even begun to live until you trust the Lord as your Savior. And then you'll never die. You know I'm not talking about the physical death. And some of us, some may by God's grace not taste the physical death. They may be called off the scene in the rapture as they live. What a blessed thought to know that as you see your, your loved ones who have gone on before, as you, at, at that very twinkling of an eye, the, when they're raised, you're going to be raised thereafter. Incorruptible, this body's going to be changed. But what if death comes to you today? What if death comes knocking at your door? Listen, is there abundant life within your heart? Abundant life is a life where one does not worry about the hereafter and the afterlife. Trust Jesus today. Believe the Holy Scriptures and thou shalt be saved. Then... Shall you escape the fiery judgment to come to all dead Christ rejectors? Yes, these are messages that I tell you prick my heart. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but listen, no, I'm not. I'm not sorry that God gave me the ability to warn you today to flee from the wrath to come. They're stark pictures, no doubt. I know that. They are pictures that, that you will mull over in your mind. And you will consider the end of your own life. May God help you today to trust Him. Trust Jesus today. Escape the fiery wrath of a sin-hating God. And come. Come before Him. Let's all stand, please. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow in Your presence today, we do thank You for the day which You've given us. Dear God, I thank you that you gave me the power and the strength to warn others to flee from the wrath to come. To give them the hope of salvation that you have promised to all who believe. And as such, the second death have no power over us. Lord, I pray today that you redeem the souls of the lost that are in this house. Cause them even now, dear God, to mull over in their mind the way of hope and salvation and why Jesus Christ came. He came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Lord, bless today. Save souls and save lives. And Father, forgive us our sin in Christ's name. And amen. Have our song leader to come is to desire.